what the hell apple techwork talks 18 um i actually don't even want to do like a little teaser thing i just want to dive right into this one and then we'll cover things like patreon and stuff later so apple is essentially i've never normally apple does things that make me go I, I understand where they're coming from. I can see the use case and the demographic and the user base they're trying to accommodate here. So even if it's crappy for one or two people, I overall understand. This one, I can't wrap my mind around it. I don't think you can either because Apple is just being terrible, like yeah. <laughs> really crappy company right now. So we're going to talk about the App Store stuff going on in the EU right now. We're going to talk about browser stuff. We're going to talk about one perhaps minor positive thing that they've done. Good job, Apple. And then uh, why this matters for people who are new to the situation, what's going on, um, why the EU is doing this, what Apple is probably doing and the reasons they're doing it, and more. Why don't we talk about the App Store stuff and I'll throw it in your court to start that off. Yeah, so Apple in the EU only is allowing alternative app marketplaces to exist on iOS now. Um, and the way that they've gone about this isn't exactly the way that a lot of people were hoping it would go. Um, it's not an Android-type situation where you can uh, like check a box to allow like other untrusted sources, possibly, and then install anything you want from the internet. It's more of an approved app marketplace situation where Apple is saying that they have to review every single alternative app store. Um, they have to go through a pretty extensive vetting process to even get these app stores launched. And then in addition to that, they're going to charge um, for every single app download that happens on these platforms, even though it has nothing to do with the app store itself. So it's a lot of restrictions that they've added on top of uh, the existing app store policies, basically. And it is very dissimilar to something like Android. I don't think we're going to be seeing like an F-Droid situation on iOS anytime soon where there's an open source marketplace or anything because all of these changes seem to be very cost prohibitive towards like making a free app marketplace. I guess uh, for people who aren't on Android, the way this works is there's an open source app store called F-Droid. And essentially what you do is you can install this. It might say, hey, do you really want to install this APK on your phone? And then, you know, if you're if you want to, you just click yes, you install it, and now you have access to a whole nother installation app store. You can install things from it, it doesn't matter what it is, and it doesn't have to be F-Droid, it can be any real, really any other app store. And myself included, like you were saying, like we really wanted to see that on iOS, and that was kind of the assumption. I think no one actually thought it was going to be that easy. Um, I saw some of the theories that people were sharing around were things of, oh, um, they're going to make you have to do what you do on Mac OS, which is like, you know, maybe you have to approve it in the settings. Are you sure you want to? Maybe they'll do some signing stuff as like an Apple verified way of doing things. But we didn't think it was going to be this clamped down. And just how clamped down is this? Because um, who, who can make it? Can, can someone listening to this go ahead and create an app store right now and then get that listed through Apple? Uh, almost certainly not, because in addition to like all of the fees that Apple is placing on top of this program, one of the requirements that they have for anybody looking for the entitlement to make an app store in the first place is a $1 million line of credit from a bank basically saying that they'll back you if you shut down. Um, they say it's to ensure that there's continued user support for anybody using your app store. Um, but that kind of thing is going to be reserved for pretty much only the biggest businesses out there. It's not going to be something that 
an iOS developer can spin up at home and start running. Right. Well, except except all of us, you know, on this podcast to have a million dollars of credit. <laughs> Hell yeah. Just laying around. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Um, no, that's pretty crazy. What are the fees like? I forgot to ask. So, so um, what you're saying is to even start the app store in the first place, let's say I want to start my own app store. I have to pretty much demonstrate to Apple. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a rich mother. Right. And then yes. from there, Apple still screws me because they're going to take a fee from every download or every transaction that's made. How's that fee work? And what's the fee rate? Is it cheaper than the app store fees? Uh, Almost certainly not in most cases. Um, basically how it works is there's a 50 cent or 50.5 euro, whatever that means, uh, fee for for every download. Freedom units. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm not in the EU. I don't know how the money works. It's probably about 50 cents. Isn't yeah, it's it like not one too to one? far off. Yeah. It's, it's almost one to one. Yeah. Uh, anyways, <laughs> for every download of your alternative marketplace, you're going to have to pay that 0.5 euro fee um, per per app account that downloads your app marketplace. And then for every app distributed on a marketplace other than the app store, there's going to be a 0.5 euro fee per account for every app download. So like if you if Facebook creates their own marketplace, for example, and then you download Instagram from that marketplace, you Facebook will have had to pay a 0.5 euros for you to get the app store in the first place and then another 0.5 euros for the Instagram app download and that is per account per year so basically if you continue updating that app every that's going to be a yearly charge for pretty much all of your users um, there is a limit um, they only start charging for app downloads outside of the app store they only start charging that fee after the first million downloads. Um, so very small apps might be able to be distributed in alternative app stores just fine, but for pretty much all major apps that get like hundreds of millions of downloads a year, probably the people who are most likely to do this in the first place, it's pretty much a rounding error that's not really relevant to those people. Right, well, they've created a lose, in my eyes, they created a lose-lose situation because they're requiring you to have a million dollars line of credit to open the app store in the first place. And so that already eliminates small people from doing this. So it's only going to be big companies behind these app stores, as far as I can tell. Mm -hmm. And then we have requirements like, well, it's only for the million. It, it, people are de-incentivized, essentially, to get a lot of downloads from their apps. Because once they hit a million, now they have to start paying Apple. So yes. as a developer, I'm almost more incentivized to create a second app to almost like offset <laughs> you know, downloads from the first app. Um, it, it's just crazy in my eyes. Um, like Apple very clearly screwing everybody by doing this. Um, and they're not, they're not making it, they're not being, uh, I guess, hidden about this. They're being very upfront. Uh, you actually shared some quotes in your blog article <laughs> from, from Apple's official website. Uh, yeah. I think there was a favorite one that you had if you want to share. Yeah, that. Apple uh, <laughs> was pretty furious about all of these changes. You could tell just from the way that they wrote their press release yesterday about this. Um, but they use a lot of like very inflammatory words to describe the DMA. Um, one of the things when it comes to like 
different browser engines and browsers, which we're going to talk about later, they say that um, EU users will be confronted with a list of default browsers before they have the opportunity to understand the options available to them. And the screen also interrupts EU users' experience the first time they open Safari, intending to navigate to a web page. And they have a lot of other fun quotes like that. They talk about new risks that the DMA poses. They talk about how they're releasing guidance to help EU users navigate the complexities that the DMA's changes bring, including a less intuitive user experience. And they say that new options for developers' EU apps create new risks for Apple users and their devices. And Apple can't eliminate those risks, but within the DMA's constraints, they're going to take steps to reduce them. So... It's a lot of language you, like Apple. that, which shows that Thank they're you, really, <laughs> really <laughs> mad about this whole thing. Right. It cracks me up because I feel like we do, and I feel like we do a pretty fair job of like saying, "Hey, Apple does a lot of good things." I think, like mm-hmm. especially in like the security side of things, big fan. But then, like, I, I also think like this is just ridiculous. Like, this can't be defended. This is the kind of situation <laughs> where, like, yeah, like this is insane. Um, and so it's it's just crazy, man. Um. I don't know. Do you have, I guess, personal thoughts on this before we move on to like the browser stuff? No, it's just completely ridiculous. I haven't really seen like anything from Apple um, like this before. I think we were talking about this on the live stream yesterday where we were like, usually when there's regulation changes like this, Apple really tries to embrace them and like claim that it was their idea the whole time to do it this way. And it's obviously the better Apple way. But now they're taking, they're doubling down on their stance that this is a huge risk to EU users. It's a huge security risk. It's a terrible decision. All that yada yada stuff that they've been talking about for, for years now. Yeah. And for the record, um, how do you feel about Apple's claim that this puts users at risk? Because this is what, this is the only justification Apple has. And from my perspective, yes, it technically will open up users to more of a safety issue, but no one has to install other app stores. And also this is no different than the system we have on Mac OS right now. And yeah. Mac OS seems to be a very perfectly fine operating system. So I don't know how this is an issue. Absolutely. But. It doesn't seem like there is a real issue when it comes to this kind of thing. Um, as far as like security goes, it's like you said, users have to opt into it, and there's really there's a lot of restrictions on iOS in general that are going to prevent like even malicious apps from doing a lot of stuff and that kind of thing. So it's not going to be a big difference overall for people, I think. Yeah. It, so for people who aren't reading between the lines, I'm sure myself, I'm sure Jonah, I'm sure most people are saying that this is too big of a financial hit for Apple, and it's really pushing on their app store dominance. And so they're doing everything they can to hang on to that. Mm-hmm. Um, for it's people a lot who are wondering that, why they're doing this. It's a lot of stuff that seems like blatantly illegal under the DMA. And I've seen a lot yeah. of people say that and a lot of other people say like, oh, don't you think Apple's lawyers, Apple says teams and legions of lawyers who know all about the law. And I'm sure they said it was legal. And I really don't think that Apple's lawyers signed off on this saying it was legal. I'm pretty sure that Apple knows what they're doing is i've seen it described as malicious compliance by some people i wouldn't even call it that it seems like non-compliance for the most part and i think that apple for sure knows that kind of thing but they're pretty much gearing up to drag this out for as long as they can probably in the courts. so i think we're really going to see a lot of interesting court cases come about this because this is not uh, the eu should not step down and let this happen for sure and apple clearly isn't going to back down either 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that this is going to be just a long... This reminds me of the Microsoft situation, you know, a few decades ago yeah. at this point. Um, so I guess we'll see what happens with the App Store thing. But this isn't just about App Stores. So, web browsers. I'm going to give a little primer for people who don't know this. So on Android, if you install Google Chrome, and then you install Firefox, and then you install, I don't know, whatever else... It's actually using different browser engines under the hood. So when you use Chrome on Android, you're getting Chromium. When you use Firefox, you're getting um, Gecko. And then on iOS, this isn't the case. On iOS, Apple mandates that every web browser uses WebKit, which is their underlying technology for Safari. So actually, even when you're using Chrome on your iOS device or Brave or um, even like these variations of Tor browser that you see on iOS, they're all still using WebKit, which is fairly restrictive in what developers can do. Um, I do think I will come forward and say it has a nice positive of everybody gets a nice bare minimum amount of protection in their apps because Apple Apple's WebKit isn't a terrible browser engine. And so no matter how bad somebody does in their implementation of a web browser on iOS, it's still going to hit the bare minimum of WebKit, which isn't a bad thing. But it also restricts people from having better options and it restricts developers from rolling out their own versions of web browsers. Part of this DMA that we were looking at was Apple is going to roll out third party, not third party, they're going to allow developers to essentially develop their own browser engines. That was the idea. <laughs> so yeah. what actually happened? <laughs> well, again, uh, this was even more surprising to me. I figured that the EU, uh, I figured that the App Store stuff would be region locked to the EU because a lot of money's involved, but they've also decided to region lock this browser engine thing as well. So it's only going to be available to apps that are uh, installed in the EU only. And they've also, they have a lot of requirements in typical app and app <laughs> in typical Apple fashion as to what apps are allowed to use a browser engine that's other than WebKit, what apps are allowed to be a different web browser in the first place and um, kind of minimum security and privacy requirements for these browsers and browser engines that use something other than WebKit. Got it. I think, I don't know if we formally touched on that, but yeah, just wanted to go back a little bit. This EU App Store stuff, we were expecting it to be a global thing. Mm -hmm. So that was the idea. We didn't think that Apple would try to have its own different regulations just for the EU. So that is now the same thing with the web browser thing, which is even, like I said, or like you said, it's even more surprising. Because yeah. I, I think the really crappy thing about this is if I was Google and I wanted to develop Google Chrome, I have now a couple options, I think. I don't know how this is going to pan out or what this looks like, but my assumption is my options are to essentially stick with WebKit and ensure that all my users have the same experience globally, or I can now roll out a second version of Google Chrome that I now have to actively maintain just for EU users, just for the sake of having my own browser engine. And then outside of the EU, everyone's going to have a different version of Google Chrome, which is a development nightmare. No developer wants to deal with, even a big company like Google probably doesn't want to deal with getting bug reports and having to maintain and send security updates to two different operating systems. Well, kind of at this point becoming two operating systems um, with different types of things happening to them um, with different browser engines that are going to have totally different bugs and totally different issues. So... I don't know. It totally de-incentivizes de developers from even trying this in the first place. Again, trying to prevent people from having to do this at all. Yeah. 
And I think you really hit the nail on the head with that. That's clearly Apple's goal with both the App Store <laughs> thing and this, is to de-incentivize doing the alternative option as much as possible. It really reminds me of Apple's um, self-service repair program that they released um, a couple years ago, where they technically have this option now where you can get parts and tools directly from Apple, but the cost makes no sense really when you compare it to even repairs from Apple itself or themselves and there's still no like reasonable route for third parties to take to offer like third party parts or tools that do the same thing um they're really trying to keep people onto the existing platform as much as possible i think right crazy man i i just the thing that really kills me is the the geographically locked thing i think that is kind of a genius move on their end the App Store thing is just ridiculous. I don't even know what they're trying to do. That just sounds like they're just trying to stir up a legal fight. But the geo-restricted thing, I think, is actually a very subtle, very... They are technically very much complying, I think, with that yeah, one. Yeah, I agree. This and, is definitely more of a case of malicious compliance, um, where they are yes. following the letter of the law in this case, as far as I can tell. But it's pretty crazily restrictive. Exactly. Yeah. Oof. Anything else about web browsers? Yeah, uh, a second change that's happening is that in the EU, when you open Safari um, on iOS 17.4 and later, it's now going to prompt you to choose a browser for the first time. So it'll give you the choice between Safari and probably other popular web browsers um, like Chrome or Firefox or whatever. How they are going to come up with that list, I'm not exactly sure. I haven't seen, but we've seen like Microsoft did the same thing for from like 2010 to 2014 or something like that with their browser choice page. Um, and Google does a similar thing in the EU on Android now where they let you choose between different search engines. And usually it's based on like popularity and that kind of thing. Um, so that'll be a new change for EU users specifically who will hopefully um, probably learn about how you can change the default browser on iOS for the first time because I don't think that feature has been really heavily advertised by Apple at all. Um, so a lot of people, I suspect, aren't even aware that you can replace Safari even still. I did, I was talking <laughs> to somebody on Mastodon about that actually because they were kind of like, well, I don't like my device, you know, telling me what to do and making me make a choice when I just want to do something like browse the web. And I think that's a really valid argument for sure. They are kind of interrupting you. Um, so Apple's right in that regard. But the thing with that is that it's interrupting you when you're trying to do something like visit a website because Apple chose to make it interrupt you at that point in time because Apple has so many other options. If they wanted to design like a better, more user-friendly workflow, they have the whole setup process when you set up a new device or when you update your device, it sometimes has you configure new settings. They could have you choose a browser then when most people expect to set things up anyway. So they're kind of in that mindset instead of right when they open Safari and want to do something, now they have to make a choice and usually Safari will be the fastest choice so they'll just choose that to move on with it. And I think that's exactly why Apple is positioning it at this point in time because they know that most people opening Safari are going to want to visit a website so they'll just choose the fastest option to get out of it. It's really kind of a demonstration about even even changes like this where like they are generally user friendly apple is kind of the king of dark patterns in that regard where they really gonna... try to funnel you into a certain choice to make <laughs> even though you have the the choice to choose anything you want right 
Yeah, I'm glad you used the word dark pattern because that's the same word I was going to respond to you with. It's a very clear dark pattern on Apple's part. And it's also funny to me. Um, I don't know. I definitely get that perspective. I haven't heard that perspective yet about like, it's my device. I should be able to do what I want with it. Um, but I guess to even zoom out more than that, this situation wouldn't exist in the first place. Apple essentially has like created a situation where they're, it, it, they're, they're having to throw a tantrum now because they didn't just open this up in the past and they tried to restrict you only to Safari in the past and they try to hide features to try to get you away from Safari. And now that they're being required to do it, they're throwing a tantrum over it. And it's ridiculous. I mean, so yeah, like don't, I would blame Apple for this, not like the regulation necessarily, but I, we're going to talk about that at the end of like, well, does regulation then like what, what are the limitations of regulation and how are we going to see this pan out and why does this matter for other people? We do praise Apple back here for things that I think they do well, but I think universally one of the things they don't do well is giving users freedom of choice for anything. So I don't know why that was ever an expectation. <laughs> on an iOS device. If you're the kind of person who wants to DIY, you want to get more nitty gritty, you want uh, to do things yourself, then I don't. I just generally don't think that like the Apple ecosystem would have been a good recommendation in the first place for you. And this is something that we talk about, and it's why like we still do like Apple for certain things they do. But one of the things that they don't do well is giving you the freedom of choice. And this is universally the better thing on Android devices. If you want to use F-Droid, if you want to use more open source clients, if you want that stronger open source community, you want to be able to sideload things, you want to install, you know, third party APKs like Signals APK from their website on a custom ROM, you need Android for that. You can't do that on iOS. And so I just would never have had that expectation in the first place on an Apple device. But now this is Apple just truly doubling down on its true nature of like they want you to use the devices a certain way, which for the record, for some people that might be fine. But for people who don't want that experience, I don't know why this is any more off brand for Apple, I guess. But yeah, that's another yeah. thing that we could talk about for sure. Um, it's a perspective that I've seen when it comes to both this browser thing and more specifically the App Store stuff um, where people are there. There's some percentage of people who use Apple devices now who are comfortable with the App Store being the only platform available and how they just, they like having all their payments handled by one company. They like getting all of their apps from one place. And these changes to like introduce alternative app stores is kind of going to remove the choice that they have to select Apple as like the one-stop shop for apps. Because if you have companies like Epic Games who have already like uh, committed to creating an alternative app store. Now a lot of games are not going to be available from the app store. They're going to be only available through Epic Games, that kind of thing. So there is, in the uh, in the addition of alter alternative app stores, there's kind of a removal of a choice where you could uh, previously choose to use a single platform and do every single thing through that. Um, I'm curious to know like what your thoughts are on that because that's a pretty common art common that's a pretty common counter argument that i see to this whole app store thing specifically um a lot in apple forms i think well my my i i wasn't expecting that question but just right off the top of my <laughs> head i would say this is an artificial issue by apple apple could have done this in a way where it's easy and it makes sense like for example you could upload your app to the app store and to your own app store and it would make sense to do that um we see this with signal or let's like even proton vpn you can easily 
they post ProtonVPN to Fdroid and they post it to the Google Play Store. Mm -hmm. And that makes sense because there's no reason not to. The only thing that it costs is them having to like get their app approved on Fdroid. And then once that's done, they just upload the APK to that location as well. So I still blame Apple here because Apple can accommodate a situation where it does make sense and people can still go to Apple for the one-stop shop. But Apple has now created this choice and they're pretty much trying to make their users decide either stick with us because you like the one-stop shop or deal with getting screwed out out there. We're not going to take care of you. So I would still say like, well, as valid as that argument is, and I totally understand it. And I agree as someone who does like that Apple one-stop shop for certain things in my life, it's not a real choice. Like this, this is a choice that's been like forced upon you. It doesn't have to be this way in the first place, if that makes sense. We just don't see this issue on other platforms. Apple has very clearly created this on purpose, I think, to make people feel like they're going to miss out. So I don't know if you have a different take on that. No, that's true. And I should point out, uh, I think I didn't mention this in the fees earlier, but Apple does allow you to like distribute your app on multiple app stores. So you can use the app store and an alternative. But if you choose to go that route, you have to agree to separate terms with Apple as a developer where you will get charged that uh, 0.5 euro fee uh, for downloads from the app store itself, as well as alternative app stores. Whereas if you agree to release your app on the app store exclusively, you can continue using the app store for free as you have been able to for years. So that's another way in which Apple is trying to disincentivize the use of alternative app stores as, as much as possible, because now if you even want the option, you will have to pay not just for downloads from that app store, but you're going to have to pay as an app developer downloads from the Apple app store itself, which used to be free, which is kind of crazy to me. Yeah, no, I mean, everyone's getting screwed by this. If you're a developer, you're getting screwed and a ton of your money is going to be going to Apple to get screwed. Um, (laughs) If you're an end user, you're getting screwed. Um, because your apps might be split away from the app store. Or if they're not, then the developer's still having to pay extra money because of the choice that they made to open another app store. I think that's crazy. It's crazy that the action of creating, of hosting your app on a different app store now changes the fees on the other app store. Yeah. And that's That's, absolutely one of those things that feels like very not legal. compliant with the DMA at all, for sure. Yeah. And I think Apple knows that. <laughs> yeah, so a- that's absolutely insane. Like, yeah, I have nothing but, like, yeah, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, all, like, I don't know. I'm, 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 I think people really need to take a step back and realize that this is an artificial situation that Apple has created. Apple can actually create a very real, organic, genuine situation where everyone actually is not getting screwed. You know, you don't, um, this is, I don't know why this is coming to mind. Um, but like, (laughs) there's a song, Guilty Conscience, Conscience, (laughs) Guilty Conscience with, uh, Eminem and Dr. Dre. And there's like a good voice, bad voice. And they go through characters and Eminem's the bad voice. Dr. Dre's the good voice. The wife is cheating on her husband (laughs) with somebody else. And then the actual husband walks in on them sleeping together and then Dr. Dre's like, oh, we don't know what's going on. Maybe there's something to this. And then Eminem goes, what? No, he tripped, fell. What? She tripped, <laughs> fell, landed on his <laughs> You know, like, 
like obviously it is what it looks like and i think that people need to step back on this apple situation and like no this didn't just accidentally happen it's not like <laughs> apple just woke up on the wrong side of the bed and they made like 10 different wrong decisions that now makes everybody feel like oh my god I'm being like, I don't want to like lose access to my favorite apps because of the situation. I, I hope everyone stays at the app store. It's like, no, this is a very artificially created situation where Apple's trying to screw everybody. And yeah, I don't know if my analogy <laughs> is quite up to standard, but it's um, absolutely very good though. Yeah, there is one slight positive thing that I think Apple didn't try to screw everybody with as far as I know. <laughs> um, and it's the third thing, and it's contactless payment. So to my knowledge, everything has to be done through Apple Pay. If you want to use NFC on the iPhone, you got to go through Apple Pay. Now, apps can use Apple Pay. In the EU only. In the EU. Apps can other... use I got my NFC. asterisk yeah. ready. <laughs> okay. Is there, are there more, or is if that only, it? If only there was an asterisk reaction on Apple devices you could use. Yeah, it, it'd be... <laughs> yeah uh um, as far as i know that's the main restriction but i have seen people it's it's probably good and bad I, as far as i know on android it's pretty popular for banks to adopt um their own nfc payments instead of using google pay for example and we might see more of that um on the apple side of thing the flip side of that is that a lot of people have worse experiences with like these banks homegrown apps because a lot of banks like to do everything themselves and they're not exactly top tier developers or anything like that so <laughs> it's it might be a bit annoying for some people to have to deal with their bank's app which might be pretty bad in some cases instead of just using apple pay for everything um it's it's again one of those things where hopefully this is probably going to be more on the banks than on apple i think as far as like development goes um, Apple, this is a pretty good move on Apple's part, at least for EU developers, but I do kind of expect at least some banks in the EU to try and really push their own app and homegrown solution and not support Apple Pay at all, which I think would be unfortunate. But hopefully a lot of banks go the route where you can either use Apple Pay or the bank's app if, if you don't want to use anything related to Apple. And I guess we'll just have to see how that turns out. Kind of going into like the last section of this video, which is more of the broad why this matters, why the EU is trying to do this, um, just the broader implications of this and the possible limitations to regulation, and also what we can expect from here. So I had a conversation with somebody on Signal yesterday, and I pretty much told them, oh, I'm a little bit stressed this weekend because I think we have like six videos to put out in the next three days. Granted, two of them I'm not touching. Actually, three of them I'm not touching, but I still have to like, still watch over them and then the third one i do have to put the title and thumbnail together for but then it's because of the apple stuff i mentioned the apple stuff and how this is happening and we decided yesterday at, at night at like oh we should cover this right away pretty much i told them and i gave them a very quick breakdown in like a two minute audio message of what the eu is doing and this is a very i'd say overall progressive um like i'd say overall like they're going to be somebody who's not going to be like in support of companies and company rights so to speak um Maybe they are in some respects, but they, their response was, I don't understand, like, why Apple can't have their own port. Like, it make like, why, why should the EU be stepping in and telling Apple not to be using Lightning and to move over to USB-C? Why is that a forced requirement? And then in a similar vein, um, why is the EU trying to step in and require Apple to open up to other app stores? Why are they doing that? Are they in the right for doing that? What's their reasoning? Um... 
And yeah, I guess just kind of these broader questions um, for people who might be new to this and especially are coming probably from the States where it's unheard of to try to regulate companies in any meaningful way here. That is all very good stuff. And it's stuff that I, that's something that I feel kind of conflicted about myself sometimes because there are, the EU, in my opinion, is pretty hit or miss when it comes to regulating companies like this. Because on the one hand, they do a lot of um, very pro-consumer stuff like uh, the Digital Markets Act, like the GDPR, um, stuff like that. And then on the other hand, they do a lot of things where it's clear that they they do tend to step into the territory of overregulation in some cases. Um, chat control comes to mind as one where they really want to restrict like what kind of encryption is used by apps and that kind of thing. So it's where to draw the line is definitely something that's up for debate a lot and it doesn't really have a clear answer in my mind as far as that stuff goes. I don't know if you have a different take on that at all. Yeah, I mean, that's that's just tough. I think it's always, everyone's going to draw the line in a different place as well. So yeah. that's just going to be a tricky thing. But what was, what, like, what is the EU reasoning for doing this? Like, what is the DMA about? And why is Apple getting imposed at these regulations? Yeah, uh, the DMA is really just about uh, like antitrust, anti-monopoly laws, right? Where uh, one one player can't have like total control over a huge part of somebody's life. A lot of people like do every single thing routed through their iPhone, for example. A lot of people these days don't even have personal computers anymore because their personal general purpose computer is just their phone. And because phones were designed Again, this is a problem that Apple has kind of created from the beginning, but smartphones were kind of designed to be more lockdown devices um, compared to computers. They're really the only like general purpose computers that are as locked down as they are. There's no other examples of this because people bring up like game consoles, for example, or car entertainment systems where like there's no alternative app stores for the Tesla entertainment system, for example. If Spotify wants their app on Tesla, you have to they have to contract with Tesla to get their app installed. And there's a whole lot of stuff being locked down there on that side. Game consoles have a similar thing where you really have to work with like Nintendo or Sony to get your games published. There's no choice there. But phones are different because they're not like single purpose appliances, even though Apple would kind of want to, Apple kind of wants to think of them like that. They really are like a do everything device. And the fact that they're as locked down as they are despite that is pretty crazy to me. So uh, getting rid of like these artificial restrictions on devices that are so important to people's lives, like their phones, for example, is uh, I think it's a really positive move overall. And that's probably part of the reason the EU is focusing on this kind of thing um, rather than other platforms. Yeah. And I think on that note, what people really miss is that this is very artificial. And I already touched on this in this podcast, but because now Apple really has created a situation where especially people in the Apple ecosystem, this is like bad news to them almost. They're thinking, wait, is this this is going to be inconvenient for me? I actually love what Apple does. I I love the ecosystem. It's where all my data is. I don't want to have to choose things. Now I'm going to get bugged in my web browser and I don't want to switch anyway. But people need to really remember that a Apple artificially created the situation. Apple is a two-year-old, like, punching the glass at a grocery store and then and then starts crying when they get yelled at as if, like, 
like what you think was going to happen, you know, um, because they artificially created a situation where everything has to go through the Apple ecosystem. And if you go outside of that, screw you. And you will know that. And that's how they incentivize you in the Apple ecosystem. And now that the EU is trying to make that different and essentially uh, take away those artificial barriers, Apple is going to do everything they can to make you feel like you're missing out and to make it as hard as possible to switch away from their stuff. So this is all artificial. And we have a perfect example of why this is artificial, which is, I think, actually Google and Android. You can download stock Android. And by default, it does go through the Google ecosystem. You have the Google Play Store. You have uh, Google backups and stuff built into the operating system. And that's definitely the easiest, most efficient way to go on Android is through Google's ecosystem. And I think that's what most people do, just like how most people use Apple products. The difference is on Android, you can install a third-party app store and still be a part of the Google ecosystem. You can also use different backup systems that are all local and they don't go through Google whatsoever. You can actually plug in your Google device to a computer and actually drag your files off of it very easily. (laughs) Um, Crazy concept. Um, So it's little things like this that people really like. I think people are looking at this very narrow mindedly at the moment, um, myself included at times, which is like, oh, wow, this kind of sucks. Like, I don't want this to happen. But when you zoom out, you realize that this is a situation Apple's created for the last 10 plus years that they're now being punished for and they're doing everything possible to make it seem like it's still, it's not their problem. It is their problem. They created this problem themselves. And I think that's what people really need to keep in mind on my end. What do you expect from here? Um, I expect there to be a lot of court cases of the future for Apple from, from the EU government. I'm really excited to see uh, what emails turn up in these court cases about like what apple was talking about behind the scenes when it comes to like (laughs) even just writing this blog post (laughs) or this press release that they did about how angry it is why they made all these decisions um if we get insight into any of that that'll be interesting but it really yeah it's definitely pretty mixed news for me um it's a good thing that the eu is making these regulations that are affecting change but the, the change that we're seeing right now at this moment isn't exactly uh, a super great experience for developers or users right now um, because Apple is really fighting against this kind of thing. I will say, so selfishly here, definitely like complete selfish moment. It's nice that I don't have to see this on my own phone, on the iPhone, but that's why this sucks. Like I actually feel bad for EU users now who have to deal with this nonsense on their devices. Like if they have to start getting one app from a different app store or they're going to get these annoying pop-ups, like that's obnoxious and that's all artificial and BS and not actually what the EU was trying to do. It's Apple being a crappy company. So selfishly, I'm going, okay, cool. Not on my phone, but this still matters for everybody globally. It's not just about EU users because if the EU can actually make Apple crack down properly... And if they set the right example, other countries will follow around the world. Probably never in the U.S., but in other <laughs> countries at least. Uh-huh. And if every other country has things working a certain way, I'm sure at that point Apple will just change it in the U.S. as well. Or maybe not, apparently. Who knows? Who knows? They're unpredictable now. <laughs> I don't know what's going on over there anymore. Anything else to talk about? I don't think so. All right. Well, we never did any kind of mention about anything. We just got right into the story. But 
Um, we got this out ASAP. We saw the news. We're like, let's talk about this. And we're trying to get this out as fast as possible. So if you like this kind of content, if you learned something today, if this is something that you can comfortably share with people, I tried, we tried our best to, to break things down in a way where this is understandable to anybody. Um, and if you like that approach to things, definitely support us over at Patreon, patreon.com slash techlore. Um, huge help. Couldn't do it without all our patrons. And also we support other payment methods like Kofi and LibraPay, Monero, um, most things out there, even PayPal. So that's all on our website at techler.tech slash support. Um, also, always join our forum. We've already had very interesting discussions about this on our forum, which is just free to join. Um, and if you have simple login or anything like that, you just log in with your simple login account. You don't even have to really like necessarily register with a new account with new credentials. So yeah, love the forum. That's down in the description. Patreon's down in the description. Support methods are down in the description. I want to thank everyone for listening. I hope you learned something. Definitely leave some of your comments down below. And thank you, Jonah, also for being here. Absolutely. Uh, big help. Yeah. Also, Jonah has a blog post about this that I'll leave linked as well. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs>